Welcome back to Being Biracial with Bianca. I am your host, Bianca, and I'm so excited that you guys are back here with me. I have a really special guest today. Um, I think she's an amazing person, and it's my mom, and so I'm so excited to have her. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Um, So my mom is here to just talk about her relationship with my dad, um, what it was like being or what it is like being in an interracial relationship and um, and raising biracial children. So let's start with how you and dad met. We both were teachers and um, that's how we met. I saw him walking in the hallway and um, I felt like I knew him. It was just weird. Um, uh, so I would always stare at him as he always came in <laughs> off of uh, bus duty. Um, we, Dad said you stalked him. Yeah, I did. I, used to. <laughs> I don't know if I stalked him, but um, I don't know. I, when I saw him, I thought he had... Um, a kind face and so um, so that's how we got to know each other um, because we were both teachers at the same high school my first year of teaching how long did you guys date oh we dated for about five years oh before you got married yes I didn't know that yes um did he like have you ever did you before dad did you date a black man no your dad was the first black man did you have any concerns about that um like did you think anything of it at the time no I really didn't I really didn't yeah because I just I really didn't I just saw him and thought he had a very kind face and so I just wanted to get to know him yeah so um and then so then you guys got married and how were grandma and pop up about it your parents um well they were not happy about it, but I think the reason that they weren't happy about it is because they, or was because they, um, they knew it might be hard. It wasn't so much that he was black per se, but that they felt like because of society, things would be hard for me. And, you know, of course you want you don't want your children to have to struggle and have struggles in life. So, did you have any friends like voice any concerns to you or anyone talk to you about it? Um, I did have I did have a principal that I worked for who was kind of like a mentor to me. Um, before I married your father, uh, she um, she would sit and talk with me and mentored me a lot about it um, before I got married. That's when I transferred to another school and um, I was still dating your father. And um, anyway, I thought very highly of her and so we would sit and we would have just some in-depth conversations uh, about, you know, what it would be like, what life would be like. Um, But she never, um, she never passed judgment. She always just, um, just supported me and just kind of was there 
gently guiding me along the way. So when you and dad would go out places, like let's say go out shopping or go to the movies or go to a grocery store, did you ever experience racism? Like how, what was that like? And how did you guys handle that? Um, initially when we first got married and we would go out, a lot of times uh, I we would have a lot of people stare at us, um, especially uh, white men would stare and kind of like stare at me. So what I did is I always, well, prior to that, I always would look at people and just kind of smile or look at people's eyes because I think people's eyes tell you a lot about a person. Mm -hmm. But when that started happening, I developed the habit of just looking past people. Mm -hmm. So... That's where I get that talent from then. (laughs) I do do that that really well. Yeah. Yes. So, and it's not a habit that I have broken. I still do that. I could literally walk right past somebody that I know because I look beyond people. I don't even look at people anymore. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. Because it was always very uncomfortable, and I was always, like, second-guessing what they were thinking. So I developed the habit of just pretending like they weren't there, but they were always in my peripheral, so I would know they were there, so I wouldn't bump into people or that kind of thing, but I just looked past people. So I feel like dad is always like very nonchalant about things and he's just such a strong person. And I think you both raised Nick and I to be very strong people. But in those situations, I feel like sometimes it can be really upsetting. So like, did dad ever get upset or did he always maintain his cool and like never said anything about it? Oh, yeah. Your father never got upset. (laughs) He just, I don't know if he ever really noticed like I did yeah. because I'm a I'm a people watcher by nature. Yeah. So I'm very observant of people and what they do and how they behave. So I'm not sure necessarily that your father ever picked up on anything like that. Um okay. so but oh there was, you know, the time we were at the movies and people got up and moved their seat because we were there and then another biracial company couple came in and sat near them so that was kind of funny but um yeah were they a white couple or were they yes yes Mm -hmm. so so crazy um, when I think back to um also um you asked about like friends I talked about my mentor um the principal that I had but um none of my friends really said no don't do that but some friends pose the question of, well, what if you have children? Like, what are your, will your children look like? Like, how are you going to deal with that? And, and what was your response kind of to them? Um, you know, I'm a non-confrontational person, so <laughs> yes. I just kind of, I can listen to people, but then I just think my own thoughts yeah. and just keep it moving. So it really... I it didn't bother me. I yeah. Didn't. Did you have any other family say anything to you or say anything to Grandma and Pop Pop? 
Um, if they did, I did not know. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know about. That. Did any of Dad's family voice any concerns? I know there weren't many of his family members that lived here, but did his friends or any of his family ever say anything or have any concerns? Uh, not that I knew of. If they did, um, he didn't say anything to me. And your dad's, well, both your father and I are pretty independent people. We don't really follow the crowd. So even if people said anything, we would have just still continued to do our own thing. I was never a follower. I never, look, I was a hippie during, <laughs> back in the day and, and did marches for the migrant workers and um, I've always been very assertive and always been a champion for people, people that are underserved. And so... Is that how Grandma and Papa raised you? Or is that just like... Because I feel like they weren't really... Not that they weren't loving of all people, but you are very... You were very different from them. So... Was it because of them or did you, where did you get your ideas of oh, these things? Well, I think it was a combination of my upbringing. I think, you know, your grandmother was just a very loving person. Yeah. And, um, but I had a teacher in high school when we lived in New York that took us uh, back in that time. We, um, a lot of handicapped people were um, in institutions, and so he would take his students to those institutions, and then he would tell us about the different marches with the migrant workers. He was um, my science teacher in high school, and um, I had a lot of respect for him and just believed in all the causes that he talked about. So I did the marches, I went with him to the institutions, and... Um, we used to do like carnivals, and so that's kind of why I went into teaching, working with handicapped children, and just kind of being a champion for those that a lot of other people don't champion. Yeah. Um, so let's fast forward. You guys have your two perfect, beautiful children. <laughs> um, what was it like after you had... Nick and me, what was it like to go out with us? Did people say anything to you? Did people stare still? Yes, people still stared. Nobody ever said anything. Yeah. No, we never had anybody say anything. Um, I mean, we had a, if anybody said anything, we had a lot of people come up and especially when you guys were babies because both of your hair was so curly so people would come up and they would say to me oh did you perm her hair um if you weren't with dad if I wasn't with dad yeah. people would come up because and say I look white like and so they were wondering right, where all those curls <laughs> came from right did you right. perm your six-month-old baby's yeah, hair no, I used to think no I didn't <laughs> but <laughs> so so on that, like as a white woman not knowing how to handle curly hair, like what what advice would you give a white woman today raising biracial children about things like hair? And well, I had um, 
a friend who mm-hmm. helps me with that okay. a little bit. When you guys were little, she told me about some products and okay. things like that. So um, that helped. And um, Did dad help you? He really, sometimes he would take a hold of your hair or your brother's hair and, and just, you know, <laughs> take care of it. But he wasn't very good with that either. So um, a lot of times... I just used the products and (laughs) did the best I could. Yeah. So. So as, as Nick and I were growing up, did you find that like I would like go towards a certain group? Like was I, did you see or notice that I was hanging out with white girls more or black girls? Like what, what did you see and what were you thinking as I was growing up and Nick? Um, you know, we, your father and I always just wanted you to have friends that were good people. So it really didn't matter to us. Um, I noticed that you had a mixture of friends, but I think you both, um, moved more towards having more white friends than black friends. But, you know, we always, as long as they were good people, it didn't matter to us. So, um, do you remember ever having a conversation with Nick and I about race? I don't even recall a conversation or even having to have a discussion. No, because it was, you were raised to just respect everybody. And so, I mean, even when I think back to how I was raised by your grandparents, I mean, we were just raised to have love for everybody. Your grandmother always used to say, forgive them and love them, forgive them and love them. <laughs> so, um, so no, I, um, I was just raised that way. So I just felt like, our actions and how we talked and what we did spoke to what we believed for you and your brother as far as how to treat people. And Yeah, I always felt like I think there were a lot of people that had concerns about friends that might have been like gay or lesbian. And with you guys, I never felt like you would ever have a concern even I because I have gay and lesbian friends and, and I'm happy that you guys never said anything and so I feel like a lot of what you guys did has in turn made me raise Macy that way and she's I think she's known since she was like three what it means to be gay and lesbian or you know LGBTQ and just to love all people and that love looks different than what you might see at home but it's still love and that you know you shouldn't judge that so I think um, I really appreciate that well that's we're all humans. That's it. Right. That's the bottom line, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Well, people so. used to ask me, like, what are you? And I'm like, what do you mean, what am I? I'm a human. Like, I'm a girl, <laughs> a person. <laughs> like, yeah. it was so weird, and I still get it to this day. And now I just am sassier than ever. And, like. <laughs> yeah, and that's how, what would be my answer? What would, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Like, why, why have that question even? Why is that even a question? Right. Why do you. I mean, I think people are interested in understanding, you know, why people look a little different, but there's a better way of saying it than what are you. What are you, right. Um, 
Yeah. So I do have some questions from people. So one question, um, which I think we kind of went over, was your family supportive of your relationship with dad from the start, or did it take some convincing and sorry and explaining? Um, initially, again, like I said before, they um, they weren't that supportive, and I think it was just because they thought my life would be hard. But once they got to know your father, then it was fine. And then I think because they saw that my friends didn't care, um, they kind of just went along with it. And plus also I had just lost a sister and I think your grandmother was afraid that if she didn't keep her relationship with me, she would have lost two daughters. So part of that was, you know, making sure that she had a relationship with her, with me. I'm going to cry. (laughs) It makes me sad, but they were the best grandparents. And I'm glad that they, even though that may not have been how they were raised, that they were able to, you know, overcome and not care what other people thought. I think a lot of that generation was keeping up with the Joneses and what are the neighbors going to think. So I, I am glad that they were stronger than that. Right. Yeah, they were. So did you feel the need to push me or Nicholas towards a certain racial identity because of your experiences in an interracial, interracial relationship? Why or why not? Um, no, I did not feel that need. I think because, because of me being white and, um, you know, and Italian, I put more of that culture into raising you and you know your grandparents were here we had family and so you know your father's family wasn't here and he didn't have a lot of family Mm -hmm. so I think you were more so influenced by my side of the family and being Italian but I mean, we tried to get your father's aunt to come down here and live with us, and she didn't want to. She wanted to stay in New York. So, you know, I certainly, had she been here, would have wanted her to be a part of y'all's lives and, you know, to have that influence. So it just kind of worked out that way. But and even as far as, like, dating, I don't think you guys ever said anything about, like, you need to date a white guy or oh, like no. you need to date. There was no like pushing me towards anything like that. Right. right. And I've dated the gamut. So <laughs> got it all covered there. Um, and I have another question for you. What three biggest points would you tell a white mother raising biracial children? I think this one is so important because right now with everything that's going on in society, it's more important than ever for people to talk to their children and have conversations and um, so what advice would you give? Well that's a really good question because um, you know I think what you have to do is just step back and look at your children as children and so how do you want to raise your children? Do you want them to be kind? Do you want them to be strong? Do you want them to be independent? Do you want them to be loving? 
And if that's what you want for your children, then that's what you need to instill in your children. Um, with the side being that knowing that society isn't always loving. Yeah. And so you want your children to definitely be aware, know what's going on, and being able to support them and give them different talks about different situations. But I think you have to step back from the fact that your children are biracial and just know that how do you want to raise your children? With what values do you want to instill in your children? And then move forward with that. Yeah. So, and for, I feel like for you and dad, it was kind of different. You never, because Nicholas looks white and I look white, you never, or Nicholas looks more mixed than I do, but you never really had to have a conversation with Nicholas about like being pulled over by a police officer or those types of things. So, um, well, I did tell him to be careful. I mean, I would always tell him to be careful and I didn't like him going, you know, walking late at night from his friend's homes, um, you know, with his hoodie on. I mean, all those situations we tried to avoid with him just in case. Um, but I think I would have told him that had he been white too, Yeah, you know, just, we didn't want you guys out roaming the streets, (laughs) roaming the streets and, you know, anything that could happen like that. So, um, yeah, Yeah. I think you just have Have to have the conversation and it's sad, but it's the reality and it needs to happen whether right. regardless if you're white or black or Mexican or Asian it doesn't matter just to be aware and and right. have the conversation with your kids just to be aware and be strong though be strong and independent I always taught you guys to be independent don't <laughs> don't depend on anybody yeah so all right so I think we have all the questions answered and I feel like you've enlightened me even more than you have over the last 30 years. So thank you for coming on and being vulnerable and doing something that I don't think you probably would have done before. No, I probably wouldn't have, but I hope that thank you for having me. And I hope that what I said could possibly help someone in raising their children or living their lives. Yeah. So. Was it fun? Did you think this was fun? Yeah, this this was fun. It went faster than I thought it yeah. would. <laughs> was it interesting? I, I don't know. Am I interested? <laughs> I think I you're know. interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We are so excited to continue this journey next week. We'll have more guests on, and I appreciate every single one of you.